Peace, peace. We are back once again. This is a special um, episode of Masterminds with Brother Shamel, uh, an impromptu live stream. And this is entitled More Science Talk. And in this, uh, what I am doing is basically um, having a conversation. I'm going to call um, someone who I know, uh, a fellow Moore, a fellow um, brother, older brother, and elder in this movement. And we're just going to have a conversation on a few things enlightening um, and pertaining to more science. And so I hope you all enjoy it. I will not tarry long. I'll just go ahead and make the call and then we'll just get everything started. Okay, just give me one moment as I go ahead and make this call. Give me one moment. Islam, Islam, Sheikh, how are you? This evening. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, we're streaming live right now. So we're just going to go ahead and um, get started. Um, and as we discussed before, there were some questions I was just going to ask you, and we're just going to have a conversation. Um, but before I go into the questions, uh, I want to know, is there anything you want to share? to kind of set the tone of what we'll be discussing, or do you just want to go into the questions? Uh, let's set the tone first. Let's lay a foundation down. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, before we start with the questions, uh, we're going to go to chapter 38 on soul. No, I'm sorry, chapter 37 on the breath of heaven. Yes. Where it states, we must prepare the ground before the seed is planted. Yeah. We have to we have to understand or look at this in a certain perspective. And to go to chapter 38, verses 28 to 26, it talks about the soul searching for truth. Her means are reason and experience. But are not these weak, uncertain, and fallacious? How then shall we attain unto truth? The general opinion is no proof of truth, for the generality of men are ignorant. It is the perception of thyself, the knowledge of him who created thee, the sense of worship thou owest unto him. Are not these plain before thy face? And behold, what is more that man needeth to know? 
perception is very important in how we gain truth because that's the way we understand any truth. People have different perceptions according to their needs, their identity, their abilities. It changes with from person to person. But the prophet brought us a way of looking at truth. And it's on the front cover of the questionnaire with the hand press of unity with Asia. It's on the back of the circle seven where it says the uniting of Asia. Our ancient forebears, forebears were Asiatics. But through slavery, we've been contaminated. We don't see, we see the world differently from the way the Asiatic Alpha Prime speak because we tend to see it a different way. So that causes our perception of truth to be altered. So what the prophet is telling us is to go back to the way of the Asiatic way of looking at life. That's why he told us in the last chapter of the Circle Seven to give the church and Christianity back to the Europeans and we are to return to Islam. That's our perception. We must look at it from an Asiatic way. You know, a lot of people think that what we lost in slavery, what was taken from us, that mentality was ABCs and one, two, threes. But that's not it. It was the way our ancestors looked at life. So when we give these answers, they are to be looked at from the Asiatic point of view. And if they sound strange, it's because we're still Christians. We're still in mental slavery. And we don't understand how our ancestors looked at life. So I'm not asking for anyone to believe, but not don't disbelieve either. Investigate. Investigate. Absolutely. Absolutely. That 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 says it perfectly for us to investigate. And I, I totally agree with you. Because of the fact that uh, we tend to have a closed mind, or people tend to have a closed mind to new things. Uh, or, or really, it's it's not new; it's really ancient. But it's it's like you said, it's strange. It's strange to them. So uh, yeah, I, I that's that was perfect. Um, so with that, um, you mentioned earlier about the questionnaire, and my first question is actually connected to our Moorish questionnaire, as well as the uh, Holy Quran, the Moorish Science Temple of America, um, Holy Quran Circle 7, where, uh, as you know, uh, one of the first books I, I put out, I wrote and published was Who is Elohim? And we know that to be within our uh, questionnaire, Who is Elohim? Elohim is the seven created spirits that created everything that ever was is and ever more to be. And that we know, you and I know that there's been many, um, you know, many um, demonstrations on Elohim in terms of, you know, when you're in the temple, you know, people will speak on it and everyone has their measure of understanding. Uh, what's What has always struck me is 
those words, seven creative spirits, I, I think is a very um, powerful and important um, title. You know, each one of those words, you can really unpack it. So with that said, uh, I wanted to first ask you, um, with your measure of understanding, what exactly are the seven creative spirits? The seven creative spirits are the chakras, main seven chakras of the body. The, this is how our ancestors look at life. It was through energy. We didn't see life as material. We saw it as energy. So, beg pardon? No, no, no. Go ahead, Chief. The seven creative chakras, the Elohims are the chakras because the chakras are energy points. If we look at life through the eyes of energy, through energy, not the eyes of flesh, okay, we know that the seven chakras create what we are. Energy creates matter. The seven chakras are the main energy parts of the body. They create what we see. Okay? This four the chakras, three of the chakras are actually energy wells that hold energy. When we talk about chapter one, the vibration slowing down, it's energy. Energy is what vibrates. And if the energy is low, we don't vibrate as fast. And energy is up, we vibrate faster, taking us to a strong point of life. The seven creative chakras, like say for instance, the uh, fourth chakra, the chest chakra, it's the heart chakra, it's for love, but it's also keep the heart and lungs working properly. So they have a function to make us live and these are the seven Elohims. Just like it said in the first chapter, we have an attribute of every part of Allah. If Allah has seven Elohims, if we have an attribute for every part of him, we have seven Elohims. Okay? These Elohims that we have create us and build us to a spiritual, physical, and mental, strong, powerful, spiritual, physical, and mental beings. It heals us, it helps us to grow, it's our strength. It gives us our, it helps to build our willpower. And it takes us into the infinite. The infinite, when they say we're infinite, that means we have endless potential. We don't know our potential. We're not investigating our potential. But if we begin to study the seven chakras, main chakras of the body, there is much knowledge and wisdom in studying them. And if we learn the processes of working with them, we can speed up our vibrations. We can increase our vitality. We won't need these energy drinks and all the coffee and all the other things that people take to build up to get more energy. You'll have more energy than you'll have a dream of having. But it's all in the process of dealing with these seven people. We must learn how to work with what we have. 
God created us, Allah created us so wonderfully and cheerfully as to uh, chapter on know thyself. Verse 2, he so fearfully and wonderfully created But we must investigate ourselves. We don't spend enough time studying what Allah gave us. He only gave us one vehicle through life. And that's this body. We investigate what so-and-so said or what's going on around the world. But what about the one object Allah gave us? It's full of knowledge. It's full of it's so much in us. But we must start studying itself so we can understand how these seven creative spirits, these seven chakras, seven kilograms work. They are processes and practices that go along with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I like what you said about the importance of us studying ourselves. Um, and it's really key that we do that. It's, it's, it's really key that we do that. Um, like it says, uh, and, and I believe it's in uh, within what chapter, where we at chapter um, three where it speaks about the higher self and the lower self and Elihu was say was um, said that if you were to ask me what to study, I would reply yourselves. And after you well studied them, you asked me what to study. Then I would reply yourselves. So, so is you never stop in the study of self. And, and I think that's very key on um, what you mentioned about, you also mentioned about um, processes and that brings me to, uh, well, first I want to read from Amor's Holy Quran, uh, chapter 12. And specifically, um, I'm, I want to read in reference to the conversation where it says in the story that Jesus had with the people who were toiling. And, and the thing that he... I'll just I'll I'll say start it from the from this part where it says in verse six it says toil should not make a person sad. Men should be happiest when they toil. Hope and love are back of toil. Then all of life is filled with joy and peace. And this is heaven. Do you not know that such a heaven is for you? The man replied, Of heaven we have heard. But when it is so far away and we must live so many lives before we reach that place. And Jesus said, my brother, man, your thoughts are wrong. Your heaven is not far away and it is not a place of meets and bounds. It is a it is not a country. To be reached, it is a state of mind. Allah never made a heaven for man. He never made a hell. We are creators and make our own. So just with that, it said just there, right there, when it speaks about us being creators, again, that ties back to what we spoke about, the seven creative spirits. And um, a lot of people may hear that and may even come to the conclusion of saying, well, you know, that's easy to say. You know, that sounds easy to say that you you are you are um, what? you're a creator, but how do you create? 
how do you create? That's easier said than done. So my question to you is what would you tell people is the best way to create heaven?
we become more peaceful. And when we become more peaceful, we should become more aware of what's going on inside of us. You see, Allah gave us a, a miracle body, the greatest computer ever made. No man can touch what Allah has created. But we don't know what we have. That's where we get the situation comes and they get us confused. We don't, we are like eagles raised in a chicken coop. We can fly, we can fly the highest of all birds. But we in a chicken coop raised by chickens, so we don't believe we can do anything. We think we can do no more than what the chickens do. Just like chapter 11 where it states, we believe we can do no more than what our fathers did. But we have the potential to do incredible things. Okay? And the best way for us to learn is to start feeling our insides, feeling our potential. There's much knowledge in there through our genes. That's saving power from our ancestors. Our, our fathers come through the genes. The knowledge is in them, but we don't. If we must take time to study, to listen to our bodies. This two things in this society that's not taught is to listen to the body and to be still. We don't learn those things. We don't learn how to use our minds. We don't learn how to control our energy and manage time. You see, these are the processes we've lost through So to answer your question, the best way is to start with breathing. Slow it down, feel it, become aware of what's going on inside you. This is the first step. After that, it's endless. It's infinite of what we can realize about our sins. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I love how you went into the breath and um, that brings me to mind uh, chapter seven in our more holy Quran. And I just want to take the time out to read that where um, starting with verse 13 and it says, man is the breath made flesh. So truth and falsehood are conjoined in him. And then they strive and naught goes down and man as truth abides. Again, Lamas asks, what do you say of power? And Jesus said, it is a manifest is the result of force. It is but naught. It is illusion. Nothing more. Force changes not, but power changes as the ethers change. Force is the will of Allah and is omnipotent. And power is that will and manifest directed by the breath. There's a power in the winds, a power in the waves, a power in the lightning stroke, a power in the human arm, a power in the eye. The ethers cause these powers to be in thought of Elohim, of angel, man, or other thinking things directs the force. When it has done its work, the power is no more. Again, Lamas asks of understanding, what have you to say? And Jesus said, it is the rock on which man builds himself. It is the gnosis of the art and of the naught, of falsehood and of truth. It is the knowledge of the lower self 
the sensing of the powers of man himself. Again, Lamas acts of wisdom, what have you to say? And Jesus said, is the consciousness that man is ought that Allah and man are one. And, and just to put it in that context, just to stop there, um, as you see, as you mentioned, you know, the breath is very important. If it wasn't, then it would not be within the divine instructions given to us. Um, and also it speaks about in that passage, it speaks particularly about, um, the force, you know, force being the will of Allah and directing the force and, um, and it being directed by the breath. So I, this actually brings me to a question I was actually going to ask at the end, but since you mentioned about the breath, I want to speak to it. Um, when, when we are saying that we are controlling our breathing, we, we're going through this process, as you mentioned, you describe about um, the techniques of breathing, slowing down the breathing um, and directing the force. It, are they one and the same? Um, and if so, what what are the implications of of directing the force? In, in other words, I, I want to kind of kind of put it in the context of when people read that, when you know, when when Moors read that particular passage about directing the force, um, what are, what are we truly saying? And I guess that's kind of my question. saying directing the force we are energy okay asiatics look at life through the eyes of energy okay. now energy the force is the, that's the force the force is energy and it comes from Allah we use Allah's force and put it inside of us in our minds Allah's force is the, gives us great strength. It heals our bodies. This is what's in the seven feet of spirits in our bodies. We're using Allah's force to heal these seven chakras. The breath, the force of Allah, we direct it with the breath. We send it to the parts of the body to make them stronger. Increasing vibrations. Okay. When we do that, the body becomes more powerful, much more powerful. It heals, it raises it up to a ability to function at its highest level. The body is not meant to operate on its own. Okay. When we do the way we live, we just go. We don't spend time with the body breathing. We don't spend time seeing the energy rise or directing the breath through. So the body is working on the mental level. It doesn't, we must be in control. This is our robot. This is our vehicle. It's just like a car. You can crank it up, but it's not going far. You can put it in drive and it'll roll a little bit, but it's not going to go far because we're not pressing the gas pedal. We must press the gas pedal on this body. We have been given that responsibility. 
But if we sit back as we've been doing and just letting the body do what it does on its own, it will stay at a very slow vibration and decrease in vibrations. If we don't have our lost force, we don't become good creators because we don't have the energy to manifest thought. Energy manifests matter. So we must raise our vibration, raise our energy. This is our power, like I said in chapter 7, verse 21, the sensing of the powers of man himself. We got to sense our power. We are those eagles that must realize we got wings and we can fly. We don't have to stay in this cubicle. So when you direct the force, you are actually building yourself. This is the process that Asiatics live by. They learned this in China, India, and other places in elementary school. By 10 years old, their children know how to manage energy and time. And this is something we'll be 100 years old and never heard of because the knowledge has been stripped from us. This is the knowledge we must regain. We must get back in control of our own life. Right now, we are like passengers. We are sitting in the passenger seat of a car that we should be driving. We're just letting it go where it wants to go. So really, we live in a life of accident. If we make it to our destination, it's by accident. We're not in control. Allah wants us in control. That's why we have the ability to use Allah's force for our own being. To increase our vitality, increase our energy, to increase our ability to manifest thought. Islam, that that definitely helped out. That that speak volumes. I I was I was definitely tuned into every word you said, and, and what you said was so eloquent when you spoke about specifically how we're currently living by accident. You know, um, we're not really being in according to law. We know that law governs all events, but we're not operating within law because we're not. Um, applying the force, which is the will of Allah. You know, the ultimate goal of us is to attune our will with the deific will, which is the will of Allah. Um, so it, it's just, it just speaks volumes of what you said. And that brings me to, um, we read from chapter seven, and I just want to now read a portion of chapter eight. Um, specifically verse starting with verse six, where it says, Allah lives not in the noise of tongues. There is no way to him from any idle shrine. Allah's meeting place with man is in the heart and in a still small voice, he speaks and he who hears is still. And all the people said, teach us to know the Holy One who speaks within the heart, Allah of the still small voice. And Jesus said, the holy breath cannot be seen with mortal eyes, nor can men see the spirit of the Holy One. 
but in their image man was made and when he looks into the face of man i'm sorry and he who looks into the face of man looks at the image of allah who speaks with them and when man honors man he honors allah and what man does for man he does for allah so with that in mind um just speaking to that and i know you know you you spoke about the heart you talk about the heart chakra you know that was in the beginning when we was talking um and i know you know for me you know i this what comes to mind in this passage is meditation um but from your words you know in this day where like you said everybody is is kind of moving by accident and easily persuaded and distracted how how does one become still to listen to that still small voice one becomes still by quieting the mind as you say we have 75,000 thoughts a day with each thought our mind moves it jumps this is what we call the mind racing and running. And we have so many thoughts that just drives us up the wall. We just don't know what to do with ourselves. We can control all of that. Our ancestors, it just, to me, it seems like they knew what the mind goes through and they already had built processes to keep our minds quiet and still and at peace so we could live peacefully. But Yes. Um, how do we become still to hear that still small voice within? Okay. The first thing is to begin with the breathing. The only way we can get rid of all those thoughts is to focus on something to have one thought, at least uh, a maximum one thought. Now, what should we think about? should be a thought of something that's part of us. Okay, not outside of us. And breathing, since we are the breath, it's more simple to focus on breathing. If we focus on our breathing and go deep with it, I'm not talking about just, okay, I'm breathing. <clears throat> no. Feel the breathing, see the breathing, put all your senses into the breathing. The mind has to steal because the mind can only focus on so many things at a time. If we focus on breathing, these other thoughts, thoughts will pop in, but they will keep going. We won't be entertained. What happens is when we have different thoughts in our mind, say, for instance, I'm sitting here and all of a sudden the thought of a uh, hamburger coming in my mouth. You know, I'm not going to eat Hamburger. I'm gonna start thinking, okay, I hamburger. What could I put on it? You see how my mind drifted? This is taking me outside of myself. So, what I must do is be aware of that and go back to the breathing. Don't entertain the thoughts of the carnal world. This is how we stay one with Allah. Allah said, in the Holy Quran, we are the breath. We are in tune into ourselves. Where can the only place we can meet Allah is in the heart. Where is the heart inside us? 
So we have no business outside wondering about Disneyland as probably said in misery on a chapter of misery. We page like this. We page for paid it go here, paid it go there for happiness. And the only way you're gonna be happy is to have happiness in a permanent part of ourselves. So we must go to the breathing. Focus on breathing. Slow it down. It's many, it's more practices that go along with it. This is just the beginning. And really, we shouldn't take it any further on the podcast. Okay? Yes. But we must go to the breath. Learn to direct the breath. In the several seven states several times that the holy breath will get us to where we need to be. We must learn the holy breath. And what's different between just focusing on breathing in the holy breath, the holy breath is divine. We're going divinely to a lot. This is the holy breath. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That that shows the importance of, of the breath. The breath is so important, like like we just read, man is breath made flesh. So to truly study ourselves, we have to, there's no getting around it without dealing with the breath. I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Yes. And John the Jew has stated that Jesus must teach us the holy breath to make us holy again. The holy breath, breathing, is the key. But as I say, there are many practices and ways of doing breathing. So we're not able to get into it right now. But it's something we must investigate and learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I... I... I definitely think that, you know, those who will be listening to this, who, those who are listening now and will be listening, they will be able to take that home with them, you know, to realize that the breath is, is way more important than, you know, we've been taught, you know, in this society. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Even if a little bit, so the breath can heal us. We can actually heal injuries. We can heal uh spiritually we can heal mentally and physically by doing breathing this is what the asiatics do all the time overseas this is nothing new this goes back up to fifteen thousand years on record and i'm quite sure it was before that before they started writing it down so this is this is something that's been around and our ancestors have used to keep their minds tight over in our society we deal with drugs. Mm. That's how we quiet the mind. That's how we become still. We go to get pharmaceuticals or the illegal drugs or the, the uh, alcohols, it's all spirits. And that's not the way of our people. You see, we've been contaminated. We've been contaminated. Absolutely. We definitely have. And, and you made a good point when you talked about the alcohol being called spirits, you know. Um, gin, <laughs> which we know, um, you know, in the Quran, that's that's the type of spirit. So yeah, it, it definitely shows that we have been. Um, one of the things is that we have been um, tainted. <laughs> We've been tainted, and we strayed after the gods of Europe, of whom we know nothing. Um, just for example. 
uh, the prophet talked about uh, the survival of the fittest in chapter 11. You see, that's something that we've been taught all our life, survival of the fittest. The prophet said we got, it's got to go. We don't live that way. We live in a society. Societies help each other. People in a society help one another. That's the purpose of society. He gave us chapters on how to live in a society, how to build a society. Okay? Survival of the fittest are for the animals in the wild. They have to fight for food and destroy each other to get ahead. We are not to do that. That's why he said get rid of survival of the fittest. You see, there are many practices we believe in that must be disintegrated. That's why in chapter 17, Jesus said, the body must disintegrate that carnal body. He didn't say just let it go or put it in the ground. He said disintegrate. That means totally gone. Mm-hmm. And that's what we must do. We got to let go of this Western Christian way of living. It does not fit our genetics. And long as we don't live according to our genes the way our ancestors live, we will have an eternal fight forever. Because our genes are saying to live one way, but we're being taught to live another way. That's conflict. Yes. We must give up this way of life. I know it's difficult for people to even think about it because everything we know right now is from what they have taught us. Okay? And in chapter on unity, chapter 26, it stated we don't want to be like that fool. It said, the fool look into the shadow stream of his own man. Shadow meaning contaminated. And picks up the, what it said, look, see the pebbles at the bottom and picks them up as if they were pearls. And the people give him a recognition and he thinks he's done something great. But he's living in an illusion. And that's where we are right now, living in illusion, thinking we're doing things so great. Oh, we're making a lot of money. I'm doing this. A guy just said the other day in Raleigh, John Wall, he said, I made $200 million and I'm not mm. Many celebrities and rich people have said the same thing. So what are we going after? I mean, you need money. Make all the money you can, but don't worship the money. Don't think money going to make you happy. You have to go inside to a lot. That's the only way. We have to go back to what our genes are made of. We got Asiatic genes. We must go back to living the Asiatic way, the Asiatic perception, the Asiatic mindset. And that's seeing life through energy. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um that that brings to mind that that um statement. In chapter 47 of Amor's Holy Quran, where it says, What your ancient forefathers were, you are today without doubt a contradiction. There is no one who was able to change man from the descendant nature of his forefathers unless his power extends beyond the great universal creator Allah himself. So, w- when we're not honoring our mothers and fathers, we're not being ourselves. The prophet said, um, how did the prophet begin to uplift the Moorish Americans by teaching them to be themselves? It, and, and we're not being ourselves if we're not being in tune with the true essence of who we are inside. And and I definitely appreciate you 
making that, you know, speaking to that, you know, because these these ways that we we um, are speaking about today with the breath um, controlling the energy. These are what our, our ancestors did. Like like you said, this this is our way. We just lost our way and we need to get back to that. Absolutely. I want to. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to um, go to. And you touched on this. Cha- you touched on this chapter in the very beginning when um, we first spoke. But the soul of man, chapter thirty eight of of the more holy Quran, and um, I'm just going to read. You know the first few verses for the people, and um, and then just get to uh, one of my final questions. It says here, uh, starting with verse one, it says, "The blessing, O man." of thy external part is health, vigor, and proportion. The greatest of these is health. What health is to the body, even that is honesty to the soul. That thou hast a soul is of all knowledge, the most certain of all truths, the most plain unto thee. Be meek, be grateful for it. Seek not to know it perfectly. It is inscrutable. Thinking, understanding, reasoning, willing, call not these the soul. They are its actions, but they are not its essence. Raise it not too high that thou be not despised. Be not thou like unto those who fall by climbing, neither debase it to the sense of brutes, nor be thou like to the horse and the mule in whom there is no understanding. It goes on further to say, search it by its faculties, know it by its virtues. They are more in number than the hairs of thy head. The stars of heaven are not to be counted with them. Think not with Arabia that one soul is parted among all men. Neither believe thou with the sons of Egypt that every man hath many. Know that as thy heart, so also thy soul is one. Doeth not the sun harden the clay, doeth not also soften the wax. As it is one sun that worketh both, even so it is one soul willeth contraries. So just stopping there in terms of the um, soul, um, also speaks about the soul remaineth perfect even in the bosom of a fool. And you spoke about that. I thought that was very important. Um, what is the importance of the soul and being in tune with the soul and um, just, yeah, just being in tune with the soul. What is the importance of that? Would you say? Soul is what we pray is in the prayer. When we talk about, when we say in the prayer, universe by the love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, our protection by God, and our salvation. This is what we get through the soul. Marcus Garvey spoke about soul. He had a good, a nice, long speech about he found his God in life. The forerunner said his soul is his God. The soul is like a portal to Allah. It's a a phone or a uh, I don't know what you would call it, a song that we can communicate to a lot. 
we're not able to go to a lot of because we use the eyes of flesh. We won't see and understand them. We won't get it at all because we are not in tune with them. So we have Allah has been graceful. He's given us mercy. He gave us a soul that we can contact him with. And we do that through the breathing technique. We have techniques of contacting the soul. It really, really works. But if you have any question of life, because our we have been contaminated mentally. So we're not able to depend on what we have learned. So how can we know what to do? I've heard a few more ask that question. What is it the Prophet Noble Drew Ali want us to do? The Prophet wants to go to the soul. In chapter, uh, is it on misery? Is it? Let me see. It says that uh, the process, it says, act as thy soul dictate, and thy action will always be right. And you just read about how it's all knowledge and all truth. So the soul is where we get our guidance, our protection. Just for uh, the soul can tell us when danger is. If we have a question about anything we need to do, all we have to do is do the proper techniques, the practice of the breathing techniques, and give the question to the soul. The answer will come. Some people call it the soul or the voice. Okay. In the old days, our people called it that good feeling. It's been called many things, but the prophet called it the soul. But whatever questions we have, if there's any danger coming, if we are in tune and in harmony with the soul, it will tell us everything we need to do. It's incredible how the soul works, but it's very, very real. Uh, The prophet is telling us because, see, that's where it go back to chapter 26 about the fool looking to the shadow stream of his own mind. See, he's using knowledge that's been contaminated. So how can he get a just answer out of his own mind when it's been contaminated? So we are not to use our minds. We are not to use what we've been taught over here. We have a soul, and we must go to the soul to get the answers we need. We are going straight to Allah. We have, like I said, we are eagles in the chicken coop. We have powers beyond our imagination. But we don't know it. We are in here thinking we are chickens. Not realizing how high we can fly, how far we can see, hear, smell. And when you advance your senses, you are aware of more than what goes on on the earth. For example, uh, if the light is dim, we walk in a room and the light is dim, very dim. There's not enough energy going to the bulb, making it dim. We cannot see what's in the room. We don't know what's in the room. You see, our senses aren't working that way. So we're not aware. Now, you give the light bulb more energy, 
the light bulb gets brighter. Then we can be aware of what's in that room there. The brighter it gets, the more aware we become. That's what the light is about. That light of truth, it helps us to see what's around us to become more aware. Now, right now, we're not aware of many things that are going on right in front of us. We don't even see it. We don't hear it. We don't sense it. Our vibrations are too low. That's why they must be raised to help us become more aware of what's going on around us. When we do that, that will increase our potential. That will increase our ability to manifest thought, to make it material. We have the ability. The soul will guide us to all this information if we quiet the mind, be still, direct the force. Use the seven creative spirits. We must do these things in order to reach the soul. And when we reach the soul, there's nothing can stop us. Nothing. Nothing. That's a fact. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Prophet taught us. Prophet told us right there in that chapter about the soul of man, um, the fact that the soul remained perfect. So when we speak about um, perfected man, we, we can't get to that state of perfection without the soul. That That's just what it is. Because um, like you said, that, that fleshly part of us is where the flaws come in, you know. Um, absolutely. You know, thinking is, yes. Yes. Uh, it's the chapter on weakness, verse 23. Truth is but one. Bad doubts are of thy own reason. He who made virtues what they are and planted in thee a knowledge of their preeminence, act as thy soul dictates to thee, and the end shall always shall be always. All of this we're talking about is in this Holy Quran, but many of us haven't seen it because we're not aware, we're not vibrating fast enough, we're not digging deep enough. Okay, so that's what the soul is about. Yes, absolutely. Soul dictates. Right. We we truly must. We truly must. And um, that with that said, I, I definitely, those are all the questions that I personally had. And, and I want to um, thank you for answering those so eloquently. Um, with that, before we conclude, because, you know, we've been on for close to an hour. And like I said, we can go on longer if you like. But uh, with that said, is there any... Um, words um in closing or anything else you want to just share with the um with the audience i i, I saw some feedback on the um, chat that they, they um they definitely appreciate what you shared so any any closing words
processes, procedures for doing the breathing. Okay, it's not just something you just do on your own and just learn on your own. This is something that's been passed down for thousands of years, being protected over thousands of years. Okay, so with that said, if there's anybody that's truly interested and really think that this can help them, they believe this can help, uh, willing to help out, willing to help, willing to give some practices and procedures that can help people to grow into this, to give you a path. This is the path we must walk. This is the journey. So if you want to help along the journey, like in chapter four, where John had to learn to purify himself, wash himself, and the very last verse, this is something to always remember. John went into the temple and practiced for 18 years to master his name. Okay? So which is not, this is not something that's just going to help a person overnight. It takes time. So I don't want anybody thinking that, okay, I can learn how to breathe in a week and I don't beat No, it doesn't work that way. This is everlasting. It's infinite. It doesn't end. You will study breathing until you leave here. And you will never know all of it or enough. It's always new to learn. That's how deep this goes. Okay? I mean, you will elevate and you will enjoy what you are receiving from what you are learning as you learn. But as the prophet said, don't try to make it perfect because it's inscrutable. We'll learn all our lives and the next lives. And it's going to take us generations to come out of what we're in. This is not something going to happen. Generations to get into it, going to take generations to get out. But we must start practicing now and cast this on to our children and loved ones. And keep it going. I thank you, Sheik, for having me on the program. I enjoy your program. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Yes. Praise Allah, praise Allah, and honest to you, Sheik, as well, for um, sharing your wisdom with uh, myself and, and everyone here. And um, with that, um, I'm going to let you go. I will I will speak to you um, a little bit. Uh, I'll give you a call back a little later. But again, thank you. Thank you so much. Islam. Islam. Peace. All right. And um, once again, thank you all um, for tuning in with this conversation. Um, hopefully we'll have more of that. Uh, and for those who uh, are looking to get more, uh, definitely tune in, subscribe to my channel, Shamel. You can also go to my website, shemel.com that's s-h-e-m hyphen e-l.com and once again i appreciate uh you all tuning in and definitely uh let a friend know so we can continue this conversation and with that i say peace and love <laughs>